0: Before we start the broadcast of the Waterfield Trinity Heritage podcast, I just wanted to make you all aware of the official sponsors for the 2023 series. Our agency are a full-service digital creative agency specialising in branding, web and content creation. They are delivering results in Wakefield for organisations such as Trinity Walk and the Wakefield Cathedral, and they offer upfront, no-nonsense marketing to help you achieve your goals. Drop them a line, follow them on all their social media accounts, or take a look at their website and make our agency your agency. If you're a local business in the Wakefield area and interested in sponsoring the podcast, drop Lee or Jamie a message on the Heritage social media accounts and we'll get back to you as quick as we can. Now, over to you, Cammy.
1: Hi, it's Cammy Chris Kamara, and you are listening to the Trinity Heritage Podcast with Jamie and Lee Robinson. They are unbelievable.
0: Good afternoon, good morning and good evening from wherever you're listening from. My name is Jamie Robinson and welcome to episode 109 of the Wakefield Trinity Heritage podcast. It's another dreary Saturday morning here in the UK as we're recording from Down Under as we interview another star. But before we bring him on, let me introduce you to my co-host, my dad, Lee Robinson. How are we doing, dad?
2: Yes, hello and welcome back to a Monday Night's podcast. Yeah, we're sat here on a dreary Saturday morning, a day after another Wakefield loss. But here we go. This week, we welcome back another of our Australians, uh, one of our favourites. Uh, he was part of Richard Agar's era, played 88 games in two spells between 2012 and 2015. This week, we welcome our own Wizard of Oz, Tim Smith. Timmy, thanks for joining us, mate.
1: Thanks, boys. Uh, glad to be here.
2: Good <clears> to <throat>
0: We were just comparing weather, and I know you're in Melbourne at the minute, and it's not not too much different to me, but a little bit warmer.
1: Yeah, we've we've just come out of winter, Jamie, and um, yeah, it's getting a little bit better. It's 20 degrees, it's a little bit better than 12, so uh, I can't complain with that, mate. (laughs)
0: <laughs> good stuff. I mean, in real time, obviously, last night we played Salford, which is effectively known as the Tim Smith derby over him. I know two of your former clubs. Um, have, have you caught much of, of Trinity's season at the minute? I know we're struggling quite badly at the minute.
1: Um, n- not so much this year, uh, Jamie. Um, I, I had, uh, obviously, when um, Jacob Miller left, Milky. I'm a good friend of his, and I, and I sort of watched his progression over the years that I left. Um, but I must admit, mate, I've uh, I've got a few things that I've been doing over here with the Storm. So I've been I've been a busy boy. So,
0: Wow, excellent stuff. I'm sure we'll get into that later on, mate. But um, first question of the podcast, Timmy, um, we ask everybody the same question. We asked Danny Kerr, Mondick, Gareth Ellis, David Solomon. We've asked everybody we've had on the same question, mate, and I'm going to ask it to you. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the words Wakefield Trinity?
1: Great time. Great time in my life, it was.
0: Good stuff, mate. Elaborate on that. Tell us about all those good times.
1: Um, mate, I, I just remember, uh, like, you know, I don't know. When I, as soon as I got there, I just felt I felt at peace, like I really did. Like, I, you know, I, I, have seen Richard this year, and and I just even when I seen him, it was just like, you know, I just felt at home. Uh, I don't know what it is, you know. I think we were really lucky. Uh, what was it, fifteen that year? Um, we had a really good side, you know, a, a bunch of misfits. But we, we, had a, we had a really good coaching staff and, um, you know, I still talk to a, a lot of the boys that I played with um, at that time. And, you know, they that, that were some of the best times, it, not just in my footy career, but in life, because I met a, a, a lot of good people.
0: Did you settle into where it Feel well, the city?
1: Yeah, I did, mate. Yeah, I, I, I still remember, um, you know, when I got there, I was living with Dean Collis at the time and, and his wife and my wife were, weren't over at the time. And um, I remember flying in from Manchester and uh, Dean was there waiting and he couldn't get the heating working and and he was just sitting there, it's like minus two degrees. And oh, mate, I tell you what, it was, uh, I, still, I still remember that sight coming in and seeing Dean there just shivering from uh, being out in Western Sydney most of his life.
0: good stuff mate. I imagine it was a a massive difference from growing up in the Gold Coast
1: a little a little mate yeah definitely from the Goldie with the beach and the sun and all that type of stuff but um yeah mate as I said like I think for footy players when you go over to England you know you're around similar people you know so uh, the weather was a little bit of a change but you know you're still around everyone the coaches the footy the people there at Wakefield were really good um and I loved playing at Bellevue, mate. I really enjoyed playing at Bellevue. Hmm.
2: Tell us about growing up on the Gold Coast, mate. Was it sort of in the 80s? Was it sort of rugby league in the winter, surfing in the summer? Is that the sort of on you had? <laughs> yeah, that,
1: yeah, that was the problems I had, yeah. Lee, it was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was footy, footy, footy. And then once footy stopped, it was surfing. So I, uh, I had the luxury, mate. But um, yeah, like I started playing footy at four years old. And, um, you know, I played for a local footy club over here on the Goldie, Runaway, Runaway Bay Seagulls. And, um, yeah, it was, mate, that's, that's just what I knew, you know. Like, it was footy, footy, footy. You know, I, my family, um, you know, my, especially my mum's side, they're from Ipswich up near Brizzy there. Oh, really? um, and that's Alan Langer territory. So, um, yeah, I was, I was blessed. to. It was just in my veins, mate. That's all I knew. Brilliant, and you had, you had sort of got a,
2: a bit of that upbringing because I vaguely remember I read somewhere that you were a bit of a schoolboy star. Is that where our Parramatta spotted you in one of these competitions? It's a funny
1: one, Lee, because you know I didn't sort of start making rep sides till about fourteen years old, and um I loved Parramatta, I loved them, and I, and I think it was the under sixteen or seventeen uh, carnival, the, the 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 national carnival, and I'd had a few options. Um, but Parramatta hadn't come to the, to the party yet. And, and that's all I was waiting for, you know, as soon as they give, uh, Crusher Clear come over and said, you know, we're, we're interested. The deal was done because that's where I wanted to go. And, um, yeah, when that happened, you know, I was lucky, mate, I got down there. I had some really good people down at Para as well. And, um, you know, that was, that's how it all sort of started, I suppose.
2: Tell us about Crusher Cleal, because he's a bit of a legend over here. He played for Manly and he played for Witness over here, but he was part of the Parramatta yeah. uh, coaching setup.
1: <clears throat> yeah, so he was the he was the it was funny because the, obviously Parramatta had a few recruits, and I remember talking to his name was John Spackman. Um, he was the Gold Coast sort of Parramatta real guy, and um, I remember I think I was playing in Kingaroy out in, outside of Brizzy there, and and Crusher come up and said, you know, we're keen, and and as I said, you know, I. Uh, I took that deal and when I first moved down to Parramatta, we, I was living with him. I was living with him. There's four of us living with him and um, yeah, his son was part of that. Um, there was a few others and uh, I still vaguely remember I, all I did for him for about two months was go and get his VB stubbies for him, I think.
2: <laughs> and what was the pathway That's... like? Did you start off in Parramatta under-19s and work through reserve grade like the, uh, the rest?
1: Yeah, so what it was, it, it, it very similar to these days, but I didn't call it like an academy setup. It was called a Jets program. And um, as soon as I went down there, we, we were sort of training full-time, but we also had to work. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a really good initiation into, into that full-time sort of rugby. Um, and, yeah, it sort of went through the, 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 I think it was 19s or 20s at the time. I, I played a few games of those and then went straight to reserve grade. And, and then, then the next year, I was playing first grade. So it was it was a it was a quick path, but um, yeah, I think when I was, when I did make my debut in '05, I was very lucky. I had a lot of old heads around, you know.
0: And were we you always in the halves as a kid. What's that? We were you always in the halves as a as a young lad?
1: Yeah, 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 Jamie. I was either a seven or a six, mate. I um I didn't get my uh, head in that scrum ever, and I didn't have the pace to be out wide, so. Um, it was either the seven or the six on my back from a very young age.
0: And did you, did you, did, I imagine you watched rugby league as a youngster. Who did you kind of try and model your game off? Who did you idolise?
1: Well, I think I was pretty lucky when I sort of come through, mate. It was, um, you know, obviously Joey was around. You know, you got to see a bit of him at Warrington. Um, you know, Freddie was sort of, you know, around my time. Lockie, um, who I got to train with up at the Bronx when I left Wigan. So I had a good, a lot of good role uh, role models, but. Obviously, you know, Joey was was definitely my idol back then and, you know, I was lucky enough to play against him um, a few times and, um, you know, I became friends with him, you know, over the years. So, it, it, it's – I think, you know, as a halfback or a 5'8 through that time, I think we were very lucky because we had a lot of good halves getting around.
0: I am going to say because – I I was about 12, 13 in that time period. And you even, even the guys who didn't get picked for foot. you had like Brett Kamali and and just an incredible standard of halves who weren't, weren't even playing for representative honours.
1: Well, that's, that's exactly right. Like, you know, Kamali knocked out Johns and played for Australia for a few games and he had to play hooker. And then you had Trent Barrett, you know, who I got to play with at Wigan and Cronulla. He was unbelievable. Um, There was a lot of good halves at that time. You know what I mean? Like that, that old school sort of halfback, if you know what I mean, 5'8". But um, yeah, I was very lucky through the time that I came through to watch those guys. I, I, I
0: listened to a couple of podcasts with Andrew Johns and obviously he, he speaks about halves having to be have a bit of personality and a bit of a larrikin, they always say in Australia. Is that is that yeah. something you had in yourself as a young lad? Um,
1: yeah, I, I think I definitely did, uh, Jamie. You know, I, I enjoyed a, a, a beer and a, and a good time after games. Um, and I suppose... As a, as a younger kid, probably, you know, when I turned, when I hopped on a footy field, it came out a lot for me, uh, but outside of footy, you know, I, I still think that I was I was pretty shy type of guy. Um, until you put a, a pint or a schooner in me, then that, that, that sort of changed, but um, yeah, I, I think you got to, especially on the footy field, I think you you got to sort of have the confidence to own a footy side and, and tell people what to do, but yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think there was a little bit in me, for sure.
0: <laughs> and then came the big day, mate, 12th of March, 2005, your first grade debut. Tell, tell us about learning what you, you were going to play for the first time.
1: Yeah, so it, as I said, it, it sort of happened like, you know, I finished 04 in reserve grade and and I remember going to the presentation and um, I think it was Nathan, uh, Nathan Kalis said to me, or oh, someone said to Nathan Kalis, that's going to be your halfback next year. And he said, like hell, you know what I mean? Because I, was, I had a few and I was causing a bit of a scene. So, <laughs> but I, I was lucky enough to um, have the whole pre-season leading into my first, my first grade debut. And so I, I got to know the guys. You know, I, I was running sessions, you know, as halfback leading into it. So I think the way that um, Brian Smith sort of introduced me to it was, was a masterstroke, really.
0: Good stuff, mate. And he, and just looking at the stats on that day, I, I we'll talk about the teams, but random question. Do you remember who the referee was that day?
1: Oh, jeez. I can't remember <laughs> two days ago, mate. It, it,
0: um, it, was, it was a chap called Russell Smith, and he's actually from Wakefield, which is, oh, is bizarre how that worked out. Really? I didn't yeah. know
1: that. I do remember him, but I didn't know that he was from Wakefield, right? Yeah, yeah. He so he was a he was
0: an English referee who went over. He was a very good referee, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. I still remember him. Yeah, yeah. A shortish guy. with He had a bit of a... Bit of a crew top thing going on. Yeah, I remember yeah.
0: him. So, it's 17,000 there, mate. You beat the West Tigers 28-12 on the day. You were, you were playing opposite Daniel Fitzhenry and Scott Prince. What a, what a fantastic yeah. partnership there on your, on your debut.
1: Yeah, I, I still remember it. Like, obviously, the whole family come down. Um, I think we played at Stadium Australia or whatever it was at the time. Um, and my whole family come down and, um, you know... Is what as a kid that's what you you ask for to win on your debut and and play well and you know I was lucky enough to do both and um, yeah it was it was a good time you know we and again you know we went out I think we went to a team dinner after and everyone was there and we join ourselves it was just that's what footy's about you know.
0: Definitely. So and, and that year, mate, obviously Tigers ended up winning it winning the whole thing. And but you boys won the minor premiership. People forget that you you guys were the were the best that season. Tell us what what an incredible debut season for you.
1: Oh, mate. That that year, um, you know, it was a whirlwind because everything was happening, you know, like we were the whole year we were on fire, you know, we were playing really good footy. Um, we're a good bunch of blokes, a good mix of the young blokes and the old heads and you know, Brian was the coach and then we had Peter Sharp, who is our assistant. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a mm-hmm. ripper of a bloke. Um, but yeah, we just it just all went well. You know, I was talking to Nathan Kayless about two or three weeks ago and and we just don't know how we, we choked on that year, you know, like cause we just we we whenever we showed up, we just knew we were gonna win. Um, but unfortunately we couldn't win the one that mattered.
0: And and looking at these stats for you, mate. In your rookie season, you played twenty six games. You only missed a few. You only missed two games. You got forty try assists in your in your rookie season. and you won Rookie of the Year, Dally, Dally M award. Um, mm. How do you how do you manage with 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 those prestigious awards at such a young age in your rookie season in the NRL?
1: Yeah, I think uh, uh, it's funny because everyone always sort of asked me about that year, and it, it just I don't know. It was just clicking, you know. It, no one sort of knew who I was, um, you know. I had a good team around me, um, and I was just playing footy. That's what I was told to do: just go out and play. And um, you know what? There was there was no pressure that year. You know, that's the thing that that, that probably worked in, in my favour. There was no pressure. I was a nobody, um, but um, yeah, it was it was it was a great year. We had a lot of fun, um, but yeah, we just couldn't get the eggs at the end, mate. Which was which was looking back, it's disappointing, but. You know, the Tigers deserved it. Definitely so, mate.
0: I'm actually a Tigers fan as well as a Trinity fan, so I'm trying to keep that low. I won't, I won't put it in your face <laughs> too much, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated. I, I love the NRL as well as Super League, and I'm fascinated by their personalities. And I love um, Heindy and Fletch, mate. So tell us about Nathan right. Einmarsch and what he's like as a bloke.
1: Yeah, so so Heindy was... Um... Heindy was, he wasn't so much like that around the footy club. I think it's sort of, you know, that sort of personality's come out now that the stress of footy has gone. Like Heindy <laughs> was really, um, you know, he was really on, you know, like he, he used to tell me, because as you know, I, I used to play up a bit and he'd try and pull me into line, you know, like he was that sort of figure at his time in his career, you know, he was playing state of origin for Australia. So he was, he was trying to help me a lot. Like at the back end of those days at Parra and, um, yeah, he was. he's a he's a great player. He's probably one of the greatest Parramatta players ever to play the game. You know, so um, he he wasn't as funny as he is now. Like everyone says, oh, really? But yeah, that that's how I saw him. You know what I mean? He was more like a big brother to me than to anything, I suppose.
2: And even Parramatta as a whole, mate. You know, he's like I grew I grew up watching Australian um, matches on telly, and the Parramatta era of Peter Sterling, Mick Cronin, Eric Groth, Steve Ella. That was the Brett Kelly. That was the era I grew up with. But this era, you're you're in twenty years later. Luke Burt, you've mentioned Nathan Cahillis, you've mentioned Nathan Heinmarsh, Eric Groth Junior, John Morris, Mark Riddell, PJ Marsh. Some great players in that side. You in that two thousand five season as well.
1: Oh well, the, 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 you've just rattled off a few, and then you and then you add a few of the young guys that were sort of coming through at the time. You know, we had. I don't think Jared was playing first grade just then, but we had Filleti Mateo was coming through. Brett Delaney who played at Leeds. Mm. Uh, Benny Smith like we had a, a good group coming through that they sort of kept together. Um, but yeah, it was just a good mix and it just worked. I don't know why or how but it just worked.
2: Did you remember without sort of dwelling on this game? do you remember the Cowboys playoff game when you he was 29 nil? I regularly mm. remember it was nil nil after 20 minutes and you tried you tried everything that first yeah, try, you tried and tried and tried nothing came off did it?
1: Yeah, we still have a laugh me and Eric um, growth jr. I put a kick into the crossfield, and and, he, and it just went over his fingers, and he would have, you know, put it down in the corner. So he's blaming me for that whole year. So I, I still cop that today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what went wrong a year later, mate? Was it? Did you get found out? Obviously, you only played sixteen games. Eels finished mm. eighth. Brian Smith mm. had gone. Jason Taylor came in. Anything specific go wrong? <clears throat>
1: Mate, I, 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 exactly. You know, the, the pressure was on. Like I, I was, I was a bit of a name then that, that next year. And and to be honest, mate, looking back, you know, I probably my off-field stuff sort of started creeping in. You know, I think you know, looking back now, um, you know, I, I didn't probably put myself in, in the right headspace to to be playing NRL footy. You know, I just thought that talent would get me through on a on on a certain length and. Unfortunately, we know now that that's not how um, you know the NRL works. You know, you got to work hard, really hard, to keep your spot. And um, I think I, I broke my collarbone um, at, at one game, and, and I had a few weeks out, and then come back for I think it was the first semi or, or something along those lines. But um, yeah, it, it wasn't the greatest Euro Six. It definitely wasn't mate.
2: And you had a few coaches as well. Obviously, you're still in your rookie early years. You had three yeah. coaches in your first three years: Brian Smith, Jason Taylor, <laughs> Michael Hagan.
1: Were they all, did you learn as much off each, as, each and every one? And were they all good blocks? Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, Brian, Brian Smith, like, you know, you, you can't underestimate what he is as a coach with, like, especially development, the way he he's <clears> tactically <throat> very smart. Um, and the way he got that side around and, and, and certain things that he put in that team was, you know, very, very good the way he could do it. Um, and then obviously, JT, I didn't have JT too long. I had him... Um, in the juniors a little bit as well um and then after that I had Michael Hagan who obviously had you know Joey down at Newcastle so um he was really good mate like he 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 was a bit different to the other two he had a he was a bit more of a man manager sort of coach um but a ripping guy top guy you know what i mean and i think oh seven we played really well you know we we got down to the prelim as well and you know, we, we, you know, I think it was twelve eight. We lost to Melbourne. You know, and, and obviously whatever happened with them in the, you know, down the line. But you know, we, we did alright. Oh seven.
0: And I'm fascinated, Timmy, about you know these young lads coming through the NRL at such a young age, playing at such a high level. How how yeah. did you personally deal with stress stress and pressure at a young age?
1: Well, that first year, exactly what I said to you before, Jamie. There was none. There was none of it. Like I honestly whatever I touched turned to gold that year. It didn't matter. Like there was no stresses, you know, I was enjoying myself. Um, but, you know, that next year, like you can't live on the year before. And that and that's probably what I did. Um, you know, you've got to go to another level again with your off-field, your training, all that type of stuff. And uh, unfortunately, I I didn't do that. And, and I got what I deserved, I suppose, in some aspects. Um, but, um, yeah, it was... It was definitely tougher that second year, but I think, you know, looking back, you know, I didn't help myself at all.
0: I know cl- clubs are kind of littered now with welfare officers and they've got teams mm. looking after young blokes. Did, did they have that
1: in, in the mid Uh Jamie, to be honest, it wouldn't have helped me, mate. To be honest, like the way I was, mate, it, it people were trying to help me everywhere. You know what I mean? It just, it. it, it I wasn't ready for any of that. You know, I was, tw- I think I was 20 or 21 years of age and, you know, after having the season I had the year before, you know, the ego was probably pumped up a little bit. You know what I mean? I was probably getting around thinking I was a bit better than what I was, and you know, you get what you deserve in this game. You know what I mean? And and that's what I got.
0: What what would you what advice would you give to a young Tim Smith now?
1: Oh well, it was funny. I was talking about this um, today with one of the coaches um, down at the Storm. I am, um, you know, now like nearly being forty years old. It, it, it's a different headspace, you know, like I don't drink or, you know, I barely go out anymore, you know, like, but it, it's part of my journey. You know, I, Jamie, like I wish I could change it, but unfortunately that, that wasn't what happened for me. But I just think that in, especially in footy, like you, you've got to train hard. You've got to be in it like all the time because you so easily can get spat out and and, and you know what I mean? Then someone's ready to take your spot.
0: Definitely so, and then you you mentioned it already. 2008 was a difficult year. You only played three first grade games. Am I right mm. in saying you went home for a little bit? You went to back to the Gold Coast just to kind of get away from things.
1: Yeah, it was funny. Like, oh, mate, I wasn't in a great headspace to be honest, and um, I went back and I was um, I was doing a bit of labour and a bit of building with a mate of ours, and um, it was it was a it was a crazy time. Put it that way, Jamie, you know, there were a lot of things going on. Um, you know, I still loved rugby, but there was no way, there was no way I could be of any service to anyone at that very point in time.
0: And then suddenly you found yourself in in the north of England, mate, at Wigan. Tell us about that entire ordeal.
1: Yeah, so it was funny because my manager, uh, Dave Riola, he sort of said to me, um, you know, Wigan had popped up, and Brian Noble was the coach at the time, and he... Um, he said, "You know, come over there. They got Tommy Lulawai and Trent Barrett in the halves there. But just come over, and they'll sort of move, move you in and out. And mate, I, I got over there, and um, yeah, it was that was a ripping team. I think we had Stu Field and Phil Bay. We had a we had a really good side. Um, I think again we got to the semis, prelim, even maybe. I'm not 100 percent sure, but um, excuse me, ripping team. And um, yeah, that first that first probably month, I, I did struggle with." the whole weather, that type of thing. But, you know, as time went on, like, you know, it was just like any other thing, you know, I'm playing footy over in a different country, that's it.
0: And it was a rough first game, actually. I don't know if you remember your first game, for again. You lost 34-4 against Huddersfield. And uh, (laughs) Huddersfield had a young, shaggy-haired Danny Kermond at 13. I don't know if you remember that day.
1: Oh, jeez, I don't remember that. No, no, I'm going to have to remind him about that. Far out. The skip was playing 13, eh? Jeez. <laughs> Far out, I'll have to stir that up. He got the better of me, the bastard.
0: <laughs> but you, you, you've mentioned already, but Wigan had a strong team. I mean, they always have a strong team. Mm-hmm. But at that point, mm-hmm. Pat Richards, George Carmont, Trent Barrett, Tommy Lula, I still there to this day. Um, mm-hmm. Very strong team, that Wigan side.
1: Oh, Unbelievable. Like, we probably should have won it. Like, with the, with the team we had, like, there was some some big-name players there. And, um, you know, we had, I think, you know, Gareth Hock was even playing then at the time, and he was in good form at that time. Um, you know, Palli George Carmon, mate, Harrison Hanson. There was a lot of players there, lockers. So, yeah, no, it was another one, mate, and another one we missed out on, I think.
0: We are happy to get away from kind of the glitz and glamour of, of the NRL?
1: Yeah, yeah, i I still, I still look back a little bit though, Jamie, and I, I think to myself, I should have maybe stuck it out. You know what I mean? Like maybe just, you know, stuck it out. But, um, you know, it didn't happen. But that's probably, if one of the regrets was, was in, my, in my footy career, um, you know, I wish I just stuck it out, not sort of just ran a little bit. You know what I mean? Just stuck it out. Why, why,
0: why do you see it as running? Why do you see it as running away?
1: Um, I, I, maybe that's not the right word. Maybe not, not running, but I just wish that, you know, I, I maybe stuck it out and, and sort of got through a little bit of that adversity that was going on because I do know now that, you know, things happen when you go through that adversity sort of stuff. You know, good things will happen. Um, but, you know, I was 21 or 22 years old or however I was and, and, and the head was a mushy pea, mate, so it wasn't great. But, um, you know, that's probably just one of the little things that, you know, I regret. Did, did Parramatta want to keep you at that time? Mate, hey, they were doing everything. They were doing everything to try and keep me. Um, Hagen was unbelievable, Michael Hagen. He was, yeah, he was really good. But you know, it, it was just, it was all down to me, mate. You know, I, 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 just, yeah, I sort of did run. You know what I mean? Because I wanted to get away. But um, you know, that's the, that's the thing that I said exactly before. That you, you realise when you get a bit older that sometimes you got to get through that adversity, and it helps you as you get a bit older.
0: Interesting stuff, mate. And then, not a lot of people know this, but obviously you went back home after two years at Wigan, but you ended up at the Brisbane Broncos for a short period. Tell us a massive club, arguably the biggest rugby league club in the world, mate. What what a time to be at the Broncos! Yeah, so it
1: was funny because I, I come back to then and I, I want to go back. I wanted to go back to Para, but mm. I, I forget who they had in the halves, and I don't think they wanted me back there. To be honest, um, <laughs> but um, I went up to Brisbane, and I was actually only training with Brisbane East. Um, and, um, yeah, they, they got me in for, like, a train and trial sort of thing. And, mate, to be honest, that's that's probably the fittest I've ever been. You know, I, I whipped myself into shape really quickly. Um, and just seeing the way they do it up there, I, I still haven't seen an organisation as in, like, that training style. It was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, um, you know, you had to follow suit, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, re- I actually really enjoyed that pre
2: so, what happened mate? Why didn't you play at Brisbane? I know you ended up at Cronulla a few months later. I know you came home with a shoulder problem. Was it linked to that? You
1: know, or- no, no. So, I come to Brisbane and obviously, I think Lockie and Peter Wallace were the halves at the time. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I was I was in good good shape and I, and I felt like I was ready to play NRL again. And um, I think uh, Baz told Ricky Stewart and, and they get me... I played one game of State League or two games of State League and, and I did really well and they got me straight down there, but I think that week, I think Peter Wallace went down or Lockie went down, so I would have been next in line, you know <laughs> what I mean? Just the, the story of Tim Smith, mate, you know what I mean? <laughs> so how come the Sharks,
2: how come they uh, came hunting?
1: Well, I played with Barrett at Wigan, Yeah, you know what I mean? And and he sort of put a good word in for me and I think the Cronulla at the time were struggling with halves and um, yeah, yeah, he, he picked me up and I went down there and I, I tell you what, like... Another little regret that I didn't perform at Cronulla for Ricky Stewart, mate, because I've got a lot of time for him. I reckon he's a ripper of a bloke.
2: Good. And the debut, Shaq's debut, round four, 2010, who should you come up against but Paramatta? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I I remember just before halftime, I hit Fleddy Matteo's head in, underneath. I still got the scar there now, and I was, seeing, I was out. <laughs> I was seeing stars, and I still remember Ricky Stewart looking at me, you're going back out. And I was like, yep, yeah, I've got to go back out, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> Uh, we got on, which was, I still remember that game. It was raining. Yeah, it was a good game. The pull out as well, 13,000 down at Cronulla. It, it, it ended yep. up 11-0. You, you kicked yep. a
2: goal, you dropped a goal, and you, met a, yep. you ran an assist for Blake Ferguson's couple. Um, yep. Not a bad side. And, and you look at your side, you know, Albert Kelly at full back, um, mm. t- t- Talima Tautai in the centre, Trent Barrett mm. in your mm. house, your forwards, mm. like Paul Galland, your Anthony Tatupo's, It goes yep. on. Josh Cordova, yep. Douglas. Not a bad side down
1: at, uh, at Cronulla, was it? Yeah, like, we, I, you know, we struggled. I think it was that year or the next year, which I don't know how. Like, we, we had some big names and you know, Sticky was a really good coach. Um, but, yeah, we just, for some reason, we just, we didn't perform. We just, I, I, I couldn't even put my finger on it. We just, we just didn't perform. That's it.
2: Yeah, so you're, you're looking at this. and
1: uh, I'm just looking at the, the Parramatta side as well.
2: Some of your old friends in there. But Christian Inu was on the wing, and it makes me smile because I saw Christian Inu last night. He's still part of the Salford backroom. Oh, so, he, okay. uh, he to, when we pulled up at Salford last night, he pulled up next to us and he nearly hit my car. So, <laughs> it was quite funny. I've just seen his name in the uh, in the Eels lineup. <laughs> so, it was, it was quite funny. But, Some of your old friends, your careless, your hindmarsh, just in poor hmm. in the second row, he came to Trinity um, as well. Yeah, so yeah. Not a bad side there.
1: Yeah, no, it was. Um... Yeah, I, 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 I still remember that game vividly. They were giving it to me. But, um, yeah, it was good to have that first game back in the NRL and, and get over the top of them.
2: And then the season followed, Nick Ricky Stewart moved on. Shane Flanagan came in. What was uh, Flanagan like as a, as a coach, as a blog?
1: Yeah, I think for, for, for Flanagan, like, I think he, you know, obviously won that flag with, um you know, the Sharks. So, you know, he was he was a straight shooter, Flanagan. You know, he, he wanted to coach a certain way and he wanted players to... To fold into that way, and 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 you know, like I think for me at the time, again, like it was just you know I wasn't I wasn't probably in his mix, um, and you know I had to play a bit of reserve grade I think at that time, and um, you know after that uh, I was done there, and um, yeah, but like as I said, like you can't knock a, a guy who brought a, a premiership to a club for who hadn't had it for fifty years or something, so he was doing something right, um, but you know my time at Cronulla was probably. Probably a little bit of a of a sour taste in my mouth because I didn't perform where you know I probably should have.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that that season you finished 14th or 16th, but this name yeah. Dean Collis Dean Collis crops up in your uh, team sheet. What a bloke he was over here. We'll probably talk about that later on, but obviously mm-hmm. you met him long before Trinity. Yeah, yeah, he
1: man, he he was a, he's a top guy, a really good uh, bloke. You know, um, you know, I got really close with Dean over at Wakefield. Um, and he could play like he could really play you know he had some silky skill and um, you know i think when he went to england like you've got to see the best of him you know like one on one there wasn't too many better than him over in england at that time you know he um he had some really good things happening um, but he he he's a top guy mate you know he was a, he was a ripper
0: at this point, mate, obviously you'd been to the Sharks and Broncos and Parramatta, and your since at Wigan. Had you started to feel like you were maturing as a bloke, or were you still a bit, still a bit loose, still a bit wild?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it was probably getting worse, to be honest. You know, looking back, um, especially at Cronulla, like that was a, that was a whirlwind. You know what I mean? Like things weren't probably going my way, and. You know the way you want to handle that sort of adversity is is work hard and try and get back in the side. But you know, a little bit of what I was doing was probably the, the the wrong stuff. You know, the bottom lip was dragging a bit, and you know a bit of the sulking was going on. And that's you know I know now that that was the wrong way to do it. But at the time, you know, it, it is it was it's what I did. You know what I mean? Um, but um, yeah, I think you know. I, getting away from the NRL and then following in that year to, to Wakefield was probably the best thing for me, you know, as a bloke um, at that time, you know, getting away from the whole of the, the the Sydney sort of stuff, you know, and trying to make a bit of a new start. Did, did Trinity contact you or did you reach out? Um, I think, again, it was Riolo, um, a manager and Rich were quite close, you know, friends and, and obviously Rich knew who I was and, um, you know, he probably had his doubts, you know, with what was going on, you know, in the back room. Um, but, you know, he gave me a start when probably not many too, too many people would have. And, um, you know, I still am very grateful that he did, you know, because, um, you know, I think it was '15. 0- I think it was that year I went to Wakefield for the first time. Um, that was a ripper. That was, that was a really good time, you know. And we played pretty well that year for Wakefield. We did really well, I thought.
0: It was actually 2012, mate. It was your first 2012, you in 2012. That's right. 2012, yeah. 2012, yeah. But I, I guess, and you, you know, you talk about you. You played best when when the pressure was elsewhere. You come to that Trinity mm. team who was favourite to get relegated. You know, like you say, a bunch of misfits. I guess I, I, you prospered in that environment.
1: Well, I, you know, I, I like that type of stuff—the underdog sort of, you know, that that sort of tag, I suppose. Um, but yeah, just it just worked in 012. It just worked. You know, we were. We'd go to train and we'd have a laugh. You know, Rich could really bring a team together. You know, that's what one of his, you know, strengths are. He could really bring the boys together. He was really good at it. And um, he did that really well that year. Really well.
0: And, uh, you know, I, I'm always interested about the actual people. Are, are you, again, it's another year on now. Were you starting to, to, I don't want to say the word mature, but, you know, become a yeah. bit more old, a bit more of the veteran, or were you still a bit of a yeah. jovial...
1: No, no, I think, like, at the time, like, I think, you know, I sort of knew um, what was on the line, um, you know, and and I've always sort of, you know, when I did have a crack, you know, I'd train hard and and all that type of stuff, but I just, sometimes the the mind would wander, you know what I mean, but it's, um, at that year, like, I knew what was online, you know, and Rich, Rich knew how to get the best out of me, you know, he gave me the keys to that team and goes, right, this is your side, and that's that's what I like you know I need to be the boss on the field you know what I mean I don't like being told no no this I like it like that um and he just knew how to get the best out of me he just knew yeah he did he did it. he just he just knew how to to get me going
0: i'm i'm, I'm again i'm fascinated by tactically in, in the halves and um, you know you were, you ended up earning the na- nickname the Wakefield the wetfield Wait, wizard the wizard of Wakefield. <laughs> Yeah. As a halfback, when you're kind of attacking, let's say 20, 30 meters away from the try line, what are you looking for? What are you kind of trying to aim for with your, with your players?
1: Oh, like you know, at that you know time, the way I sort of played was, you know, I would be thinking three plays ahead. You know, my mind would race that quick. You know, <laughs> I'd be thinking that far ahead. But you know, when you're attacking a try line, you need to you need to find weaknesses in players and you know, if they turn out or turn in or, you know, sometimes their hips stay square but their feet go and it's all that type of stuff, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you do video on it as well, but I think sometimes it's just a natural instinct that you've learned that you just play footy and you can pick up those things in the heat of it, you know? I think um, that's the way I was brought up to play footy. It's not so much structure. It was more, all right, he's... he's turning in i'll I'll go at him you know what i mean and and put that short ball there or i'll go at the back there but um yeah that's that was one of the things that rich gave me he said just play you play what you see and 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 i like that what advice would you
0: give to to young halves now who are who are a little bit too structured and and kind of playing channels
1: yeah yeah i I, you know I, i do a bit down there with the storm with the younger boys and um it's just they're in the in the the way they train it's it's like all right we've got to go at the back we've got to get here we've got to do this and it's just like no boys you know like just play what's in front of you if it's a quick play the ball just keep playing through the middle you know what i mean don't don't go wide you don't go wide for the purpose of it you know what i mean it's it's a different, probably way of playing they do these days, but I think it's sort of coming around a little bit back over here, where the halfback is slowly coming back to being on that ball sort of halfback that we sort of went through. But um, yeah, I used to hate. You know, you play this side, you play that side. You know, I, I, I was I'll play wherever I want, thank you. But <laughs> but that's how I was, I think.
0: And i looking at these names again, mate. It must have been an absolute dream playing off the back of Ali Lauer, TT, and players like that at Trinity.
1: Mate, I still remember when um, he was there. I was like, he—he is not probably the most skillful forward that I've ever seen. You know, like Filleti Mateo was very similar, mm. but you know, he wasn't as big as Ali, and and he could just move. He, he could hold the ball like a tennis ball, um, and he was a nice guy. You know, like he was a really nice guy. He um, he was definitely. Um, you just throw him the ball. You did not have to do anything. Just you do you play off the back of whatever he does because he was a freak.
0: We, we've interviewed a lot of players from that time period, including Richard Agar as well, actually, mm. a couple of, we uh, interviewed Richie last year. And you've all used exactly the same tag, the misfits. Was that a thing yeah. you all played off? Was that something you had up in the change room of like, like we're playing to this tag now? <laughs> no,
1: I don't think so. I think we just were. I think, you know, Rich was probably a misfit as well. You know what I mean? Like, his career hadn't really gone too far at the time. But, um, yeah, it was just like he brought us all... It's like the movie Replacements. I don't know if you've seen it over there. But it was just like we were like that. And um, it just worked. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. There was no real big names. Obviously, Ali was there. He was a big name. Um, but, you know, there was a lot of guys that were probably on their last chance. You know what I mean? They've, they've, they've stuffed up a bit. Or, you know, they're on the way out. Um but he just brought it all in, and, and it, yeah, it was—it was a really good time. It was a really good time.
2: It was, and you just look at look through some of the names. Do you remember your debut? Your debut was a witness.
1: Yeah, what, was was it uh, um, on that um, the round one? I remember um, on that three um, D. That's it. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think I got a try that day too. You did,
2: yeah. You yeah. I think I think I think it was quite famous because everybody come off with cut knees. Uh, Richie yeah. Manthers and, and Dean Collis and Ben Cooker and they all sort of put something on social media somewhere that all the skin had disappeared off their knees.
1: I I don't think they were cuts. I think they were th- third degree burns. Yes. What yeah. what we had. That were they were yeah, that was that was a tough ground to play on, but I didn't mind it because it was dry. <laughs> and we, we often look
2: back on that 2012. We're both Richard Agar fans. We're both fans of this Richard Agar era. And like you started off beating Witness, yeah. you won 32-14 on your debut, but then we won mm. we lost five five on the trot. We beat mm. Catalan, then we lost another four on the trot, and then we-, yeah. we had a few good runs, and then we lost another four on the trot with and then yeah. but we-, we loved that playoff run. You know, you you-, yeah. you were out of the playoffs, you were dead and buried. And then yep. along came Huddersfield and along came Leeds and along came Castleford. Yeah. It was yeah. what a great season to watch.
1: Yeah, I forget how many we won in a row, um, but I remember we got to the last game. And, and it's funny because at the end of the season, you book a, a trip to go away and we'd booked Ibiza and, and we'd, it was all planned and, and we just kept going on this run and it just <laughs> didn't stop. So we missed, we're probably lucky that we didn't go to Ibiza <laughs> at the time, but yeah. Um, yeah, we just went on a run, and, and I think we nearly got leads in that first final too. I think I still remember Washy two on one, and he and he hit the deck, and I was like, Jesus Christ!
2: But yeah, no, <laughs> it, was, it
1: was it was a good it was a good uh, it was a good year. All year was a it was a good year round.
2: Yeah, yeah, we, we still we still give it to Washy every now and again because we, we've had Washi on the uh, on the podcast, and kermo has been yep. on, and we never let Washy yeah. forget because was that one on one, yeah. threw it on the floor didn't he? And it was the game. Yeah, was the yeah, moment. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but we, well, we won seven on the trot on that, on those, that playoff run. And Richard Ager yeah. mentioned, and a few others have mentioned, our defence wasn't brilliant, but our yeah. attack was perfect. You know, against St. Helens. St. Helens scored 32, we scored 33. Hulking yeah. scored 30, we scored 31. Salford got 34, <laughs> we got 42, and so on. That's how it went. Yeah. It yeah. was a roller coaster,
1: wasn't it? Oh, mate, I think... um. I think when you look back, yeah, obviously, like, you know, our defence wasn't great, but we could score some points. Like, we had a bit of strike, you know. Like, Paulie Aton was a really underrated hooker. Like, you know, anything quick, he'd go. And, and he was just like a bull terrier, you know. He'd go. Um, and even, you know, Benny Kakaian was really good at the time. You know, he was he was lively. You know, Richie Mathers. Um, we had a bit of attacking spark there. You know, Sykes, he was there. I think Isaac John was there. We had a bit yeah. going on.
2: Yeah, I'm just looking at the team. You know, the sort of, we mentioned at the beginning a bit of misfits, ragtag, bobtail sort of team. But what a mm. what a bunch of players. You know, you just Ben Cocaine, Phil Fox, um, Peter Fox on the wing, Kermo we've mentioned, Lamatiti Lauer- mm. mentioned, Richie Mathers, Paul mm. Sykes, the Isaac John started, Paul yeah. Sykes, they were your halfback partners, throwing Paul mm. Ayton, throwing Kyle mm. Amo, throwing Dean Collis, Kyle Wood. What a side, mate. What a what a bunch yeah. of
1: characters. Yeah, oh mate. I tell you what, it was always a laugh at training. I tell you, like, there was no shortage of banter. And, you know, we had Clogger Martin Clawson as our trainer. So uh, <laughs> there was, there, it was never a dull moment, put it that way. And then uh,
2: 2013, mate, was it another one of those cases where we got found out? Um, because we we finished 11th in the league. It was a bit of a dull side. But uh, mm. what does stand out for me is Kermo got picked for the dream team.
1: Kermo yeah. tell me about Kermont, mate. Oh, uh, he. I called him the skip, you know, he was just, just everyone loved him. It's the best way to say it. I don't know any, he just, he, he just, it, that. I still remember that year, like as a, as a halfback, for, for me especially, I, I loved a, a good line running back rower. And, and that was him, you know, like I didn't even sometimes need to talk to Kerma about where to run or what to do. It, it just, me and him had that. I don't know what it was, that gift where we just knew what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that year, he, mate, he deserved every bit he got that year. He um, he was probably the best second rower that whole year in the competition, I thought. You know, he scored some really good tries. Um, you know, obviously, we weren't going that well. But as a captain, you know, he always rallied the boys, you know, and he just always tried, mate. He cared. That's why I think he really cared.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Richard Aragon as well. He, he really cared as well. You know he, mm. he cared about you. You just sort of said he, he. We we're big fans of Richard Hager. We've known him for a while. We've had him on the podcast, um, and he was sort of he, he sort of kept molding you together, didn't he? He just we we had we had yep. those two, two great years, uh, and mm. what a bloke he was.
1: Oh mate, oh, I seen Rich. Um, he was obviously with the Warriors now, and I seen him up when we played the Bulldogs. I don't know how I seen him, but I seen him there, and then I, um, I I text him every now and then, and. Mate, it, it's it's coincidental that you know the Warriors are going well. You know, like he's around it. You know, like the, his coaching philosophies and the way he does things. He's very smart footballer. You know, he, he's very strategic. Um, and um, he's very good with people. That's that's one of his real good attributes. He's really good with people, and he knows how to get people up. Um, yeah, no, oh, I could never, I could never say a bad word about Rich. You know, like uh, he 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 is a He's a guy that, you know, I've got a lot of respect for, put it that way.
2: And he knows the game as well. He knows the game inside out. He's a massive fan right. of rugby league history. Oh. He, he's, a, he's a rugby league nerd like many of us are. We, we, we're big fans. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's his, that's, that hits him to a T. He's a nerd. He's a rugby league nerd where, you know, like my career's finished and, you know, I watch footy every now and then, you know what I mean? I, I've sort of gone away from it because, you know, it, I've got other things happening in my life as well, you know, but... Mm-hmm. Um, he just loves it and it's good. That, that passion shows and that's why he gets rewards from it, you know, because he's passionate about what he does. Good, too.
2: 2013, mate, we had a bit of a, um, a takeover in management. Michael Carter yeah. came We've had Michael yeah. Carter on the, on the podcast. Yeah. The first thing he did was sell, sell you to Salford. Did you want to yeah.
1: go? Oh, uh, I think, yeah, at the time I did, mate. Yeah, like they were throwing big cash at me. Um, and, um, you know, I think I... I you, What's the saying? The grass is never greener, but I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I've seen those names and I'm like, oh, you know, this this is going to go somewhere. I can be a part of something here. But, um, that yeah, it just didn't work. And and Nobby was the coach at the time. You know, I like Nobby. He was good. Um, But, yeah, just that didn't work for me. (laughs) It just didn't work, mate.
0: (laughs) It sit that I think they signed a bunch of you at the same time, didn't there? About six or seven of you all at the same time. Adrian Molly was there as well, and yeah. I think Gareth Gareth yeah. came in. And what yeah. what what was the atmosphere on there? It seemed a bizarre time to be at Salford.
1: Yeah, it was uh, the, Marwin. I remember I met Marwin down here at the Melbourne Cup. He he took me and my wife out to the Melbourne Cup, and <laughs> you know we just went to watch the footy. And I mean, not the footy, the horse racing, sorry. And I met him and then when I got back, yeah, there, I think there was yeah six of us, but there were some big names, some really big names at the time, and I just don't think you can have all those big names in one team. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you know it worked like that. You know, Rangi was there; he was in the halves yeah, with me, and yeah. um, you know, me and Rangi would probably be similar. We both like to be the boss on the field, and you can't have two chiefs. You know, like one's got to sort of give, and you know, obviously he was you know playing for England at the time, so he he was sort of the the main man, but. Um, yeah, like you know, I got to meet some good guys like Adrian Morley. What a ripper! Holy dooly! What a you know, seeing him in in the flesh, it's like he's like he's like a god. You know what I mean? Like you just look at him and, and he just oozed Like you got to listen to him whenever he talks. You just got to listen, you know. And um, so I got to meet some really good people when I was there. Um, but just footy wise, I just yeah, it was just too many Chiefs, mate.
0: Within a year, mate, you're back. You're back at Bellevue. What what did did you orchestrate that deal, or did it just come out of nowhere?
1: Um, how did it work? I, I think they wanted, they wanted me out. Um, and then Webby, I think I was talking to Rich, but then Rich all of a sudden left and Webby become the coach, you know? And, and I loved Webby because he was, oh, he was with me the whole time. That was Rich's right hand man. And, and Webby goes, yeah, we want you. And I was like, all right, sweet. So I just come back. And it was, it was a really smooth transition, really smooth, like, um, very similar philosophies to, to when I, before I left and, um, yeah, it was pretty, it was it was good that I came back, I think. You know, I, I really wanted to be back there. I didn't really want to go anywhere else. So it worked out well, I thought.
0: Had you, had you moved house or did you still always live in Wakefield?
1: No, no, no. So I, I was living over um, in a place called Bromley Cross out near Bolton. Wow. So for that wow. year, yeah, I was traveling with um, Matty Ashurst, Chris Riley, I think, was there. Yeah. And Stuart Howarth at the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we were, we were carpooling and... Um, yeah, it was it was a good carpool, Put it that way. We were, there were some lyricons there. Stuart Howells was a ripper, um, and Maddie. I think he's still with Wakefield, isn't he? With, yeah, yeah,
0: he's still captain. He's just uh, he's just hit his testimonial yeah. year next year. Yeah,
1: yeah, he 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 could play, mate. You know, he was a. I, I was the one who tried to get him over to Wakey because I just knew he could play. Yeah,
0: good stuff, mate. And and kind of the atmosphere at the time. Again, I mean, it's always a difficult time at Wakefield. There's always something going on. But it, it was a difficult season again, wasn't it, kind of 2015, up and down?
1: Yeah, I think so, mate. Yeah, I think it was just all all up and down. And, you know, like, I think when I first got there, it was, it was really good and I was good to be around the boys again. Um, and then, yeah, it sort of... It was just a tough year, you know? I think everything was sort of happening. Wakefield was in a bit of a transition, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, I was happy to be back there, to be honest.
0: And then, you know, it... it it kind of all came crashing down for you in, in kind of the back end of that season. Do, do, do you want to tell us about that? You don't have to tell us anything. I know obviously you ended up getting released by the club just because of what happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah, mate. You know, simple is that, you know, I stuffed up, you know what I mean? I've, you know, I, I've now realised that, you know, I had a few things going on that probably, you know, at the time I was, I was doing those things and, um you know, it, it is what it is, you know, I, I, I stuffed up and, um, you know, I, I really wanted to play in that relegation game, but um, they, they they obviously didn't want me to play, which is which is fair enough too. You know, like if if you look, if that happened now, it'd be the same result. You know, like th- there's no way you can let someone play after that happening. But um, you know, it was it was sad because that's probably that's the last competitive game of rugby league I've ever played. You know that before that, I think it was witness, and we got touched up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, you know that's that was it. That was. You know, I've had a few little charity games, but that—that's all, mate. So that's where it finished, and you know, maybe that's just the way it was meant to go. You know,
0: were you aware of kind of mental health and and concerns at that point, or was it just kind of think something that happened to to people in asylums or whatever? No,
1: <laughs> I probably deserved to be in an asylum, mate. I reckon. <laughs> um, no, I, I I knew that there was something going on, but I had no idea sort of what was going on. But I, the thing is, Jamie, like I. I A lot of people tried to help me, a lot of people, you know, not just one or two either, you know, there's guys that we've spoken about, you know, here, you know, today where they tried to help me a lot and I just wasn't ready, mate, you know, and, um, you know, I I definitely know now that, you know, Tim Smith shouldn't have a beer, you know what I mean? Like, that's just the way it is, you know, some people can't and, and that's what runs true for me, but, um as I said, Jamie, it is what it is. You know, I can't change it. Um, you know, I wish I probably did things a little bit differently, but um, you know, that wasn't my story, mate.
0: What was was the grog the main contributor?
1: Do you feel? Yeah, 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 mate. The the the, the booze, <laughs> the booze was definitely. Um, it just doesn't work well with with me. It doesn't, and you know, I, I don't drink anymore because of that reason. Because it just doesn't work, you know. Um, if you're allergic to peanuts, you don't have peanuts. And, and I'm allergic to booze, so I don't have it, you know?
0: i tell you what, mate. It takes a big man to, to reflect and realise what's not working for him. And, and if you've been clean for a certain period of time, well done to you, mate.
1: Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, I think, you know, um, it's definitely a, a different lifestyle that I'm living now, you know what I mean? Um, you sometimes have to go through a few things um, um, to change your lifestyle or, or what you're doing, and, and, and that's what happened. You know, like, you know, and if I can ever help someone else, you know, that's that's exactly what I'll do. I'll try and help someone.
2: And just reflecting on that last game, mate. I know you, we got stuffed mm-hmm. over. Witness at home, 46-4 we were. That was your last competitive game. The team had gradually changed as well from when you were here because mm-hmm. we had Kevin Lockett full-back and obviously he was part of your indiscretion yeah, yeah. as well. What a player yeah. Kevin Locke was when he arrived.
1: Oh, geez, Like, you, if you watch some of his highlights at the Warriors, like, he played for New Zealand. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's an international. Like that's that's big stuff. You know, like and he was playing for us. And I think just a lot of us at that time were just you know probably not in the in the right uh, you know headspace or whatever you want to call it, mate. But um, yeah, there was there were some good players, some really good players in that team for sure.
2: And the, the halfbacks, you and Milky, what a pair. To me, the two of two of the greatest halfbacks in our Super League time.
1: Yeah, I think. um you know, me and Milky still talk, mate. Um, you know, I remember when he came over, and um, I think you know, as a half combination, if you can get on well and be, you know, be close, it, it goes a long way um, helping on the footy field. And you know, I, I, you know, I love Milky. You know, I love him. He, he, he was a, he's a great person before a rugby league player. Um, and you know, I went to his wedding. I think it was last October, and um, I got to see him marry Kayla and. You know, I'll always talk, have time for him. You know what I mean? Because he's a genuinely nice person. Good stuff, man.
2: And just, just rewinding the here, you were talking about when you came back on loan from Salford. Uh, again, yeah. we keep mentioning Richard Agar, but I remember mm. Agar saying that for, for weeks, he was trying to get you back. And mm. whoever was in charge of the club at the time, kept putting him off, putting him off. In the end, he got fed up and walked. And you yeah. were going back in the next week and he was fuming. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Webbo, 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 Webbo. He had nothing against Webber, but I remember yeah. him filming that he brought you back in the week after he'd gone.
1: Yeah, well, the, the, I think Agar knows that you know he he knew how to push my buttons, mate. You know, yeah. like he he would give me a serve when I needed it, but he also he he was gentle as well. And um, you know, I still think you know, obviously that 05 year was was pretty good, but that twelve year, you know, 12 that that was probably some of the best. Consistent footy I played, you know, in my career under him. You know what I mean. He just, he just give me the keys and he goes right. It's on you, and and I and I like that. You know, I like how he did that, and you know, and I respected him and I played for him.
2: Yeah, wonderful stuff, man. Great stuff. And that yeah. team gradually changed. Obviously, Airgas team was broken up. And your last game, yeah. we, we keep mentioning it, the witness game. The team yeah. for that, that game, it was yeah. totally changed. You know, we mentioned Kevin Locke. The wingers were Jordan Tanzi and Lee Smith. The centres were Reece Smith and Bill Tupor. The front row yeah. was Anthony Mullally, Michael Seo, Scott Anderson, Matty Ashers yeah. who have mentioned, Ali Lawatiti we've mentioned, Mikel Simon, the French guy, Peter Godinay on the bench, Nick Scruton on the bench. Totally cheers.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. it sort of, I remember from that 12-year, because we all went really well. I think, you know, Kyle got picked up by St. Helens. I think, you know, Paulie went to Leeds. Like a lot of guys, a lot of the big clubs picked up on it and they took it sort of took us away from Wakefield, um, but yeah, like that's what happens when 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 you have a little bit success, you know. Like the bigger clubs come looking and and I think a few of the boys there, you know, had success. I know Kyle and Moore, like he he went on and, and had a, a awesome career at St Helens. You know what I mean? Like and a few of the other boys really kicked on as well. So that just goes to show whatever Agar did, it worked because other big clubs were coming for us.
2: So it was all eight, eight, mm. that was all eight years ago 2015 You went back mm. home Where was home And what did you do back in 2015,
1: 16? Yeah, so I remember I um, I moved back to Melbourne Because my wife's from Melbourne And I had two kids at the time And to be honest Lee, I had no idea what I was going to do You know, like you think about it I play Indiscretion happens You know, there's no trade Or nothing in my life You know, it was all footy And then it's like Okay, now what? You know, and I, I got—I was lucky enough that I got into the building game um, back here with uh, my wife's brother, and I just started working on sites in Melbourne. And, and and you know, I've sort of made my way up in the building game down here, and you know, I'm still doing that. Um, you know, and and I'm enjoying it. You know, I actually enjoy my job now. And.
0: You know, you, you sat here on a on a Saturday evening for you, Saturday morning for us. You're wearing your your storm jumper. Tell us about yeah. being involved with the Melbourne Storm again, a massive club, one of the biggest in the
1: world. Yeah, so it's it's funny when I did finish, I um I got into it um, probably I think it was about th- four years ago, three. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I I went back and and I was and I started doing it, but um you know again I was I wasn't all in, you know I was half in half out, you know things were still happening with me off field and. Um I just wasn't there. But it was funny, I think it was last October or something, November, um, you know, I got in contact with Frank Panisi down here at the storm and um, you know, he basically said to me, Tim, if if you if you're all in, mate, you know, the boys would love you back because, you know, you helped them. You know what I mean? So, you know, I made that that commitment that, you know, this year that I I was gonna stick it out and, you know, I was gonna be all in. Um and we played today and, and we were if we won, we were through to the semis, and we got pipped right on the corner, right at the end, and we got done. And I was like, bloody hell! But um, mate, it's been a ripper year. Been a ripper year, in because to be honest, I fell out of love with footy, mate. I really did. You know, I was done, and you know, I've got a little bit of love back from it now because it, you know, it was good at being around all those type of guys, and you know, bit of bit of camaraderie, I suppose. You know that that footy love that we have, and um, it's been really good. I've really enjoyed it. What's your actual job role? So I'm assistant coach for the 21s down here, um, but I, I basically run the blue shirt. So I'm like the 13th, you know, the 14th player on the field at the time. You know what I mean? I get I get in trouble a little bit, but um, <laughs> um, I, you know, it, it's just you know being a halfback, you see things that some people don't see, you know. And um, it's funny because Mark Russell, the coach of the Jersey Flag side, he he actually was uh, up there at St George when I think it was St George with uh, Agar when he was there so they know each other so it was just funny how it all works out
0: awesome stuff and uh any any storm boys coming through that we should keep an out in a couple of years time
1: there's one mate the halfback we've got here at the storm his name's keegan russell smith he um he, he goes all right mate he goes all right you know he's he, he's he's a lot tougher than what i was but he's um he, he was up at Penrith, but the storm got him. And I think he's definitely one that you, you, you'll you probably see in the next maybe two, three years. Um, and there's a hooker as well that they've got. Um, he's from Queensland. Uh, he's a uh, North Queensland, And, um, yeah, he goes all right too. Superb, mate. Uh, um,
0: and just as we kind of wind down here, Timmy, 215 first-grade games you played throughout your career. Do you look back on your time as a rugby league player fondly?
1: Of course. You know, uh, you know, it's funny that, you know, we started, we were talking a little bit about the um, the indiscretions and all that sort of jazz. And um, But, you know, I, I don't think I'd change it, Jamie. You know what I mean? It, it's it's built me into what I am right now. And um, I'm, as I said to you, I've met some really good people, some really good people that, you know, I probably, I should probably talk to more. You know, I, 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 I get just a bit busy and I get in my own little head and I'm doing what I'm doing. But... You know, some of the people that I've met, mate, like especially at Wakefield, for you know, like those those Washies, those um, Kermos, Benny Kecanes, Richie Mothers, you know, all those type of – that misfit team, you know, like we, we all still talk, you know, via social media. And, you know, sometimes we post things on, you know, from the, the footy games and that type of stuff. So I think because of that, like, you know, I, I, you know, I probably wouldn't change it, you know what I mean? Because it, it is what it is. But, mate, I – yeah, it's been, it's been really good and I've loved every minute. Not every minute of it, but, you know, I, I wouldn't change it, mate. I wouldn't change it.
0: And do you keep your memorabilia? Do you have, like, your Dalian medal you won or your debut shirts or anything like that?
1: I've got a few of them, yeah. I've definitely... My, my wife looks after them and she used to do all the clippings, not the bad ones. I think she's <laughs> actually got the bad ones as well. She she just... Re- she, oh, there you go. Remember that time? You know what I mean? But... um yeah, she, she does. She has a lot of the stuff. Um, you know, my para first jersey, my Wakefield, my Cronulla. Like, she's kept all that, you know. And I'm glad she did because, you know, my son's 13 now. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's probably a few lessons in the, in my life that, you know, maybe he can go the opposite way, which, which, you know, if I'm a dad, you know, that's what I want.
0: Good stuff, mate. And um, it sounds like you've got a fantastic wife and a, a great family life now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, <clears throat> I think for me, you know, that – you know, my, my wife had to put up with a lot of stuff, you know, and, and she stuck around and, and not many people would. um, And, you know, my kids, you know, my, my son plays AFL. You know, we live in Melbourne, so I tried. I tried, but it didn't work. He's uh, He plays AFL and, you know, he goes, he goes pretty well in AFL. And, you know, my daughter, she, she's 11, you know, like it's just the way it should be. You know what I mean? The way a family unit should be, that's what's happening for me now, which is good. Is
0: Tim Smith a happy man?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, I think um, you know I wouldn't change what my life at the minute, mate, because everything's everything's running smoothly. We all have our ups and downs, I get it, but you know I wouldn't change it, mate. No way. I tell you what, mate. If, if
0: you go, to, if anybody ever goes down to Bellevue or mentions the name Tim Smith, there's a smile on everybody's face. They absolutely love you to this day. <laughs> At Trinity, you're still known as the the Wizard of Waterfield after all that propaganda and and everything (laughs) that was thrown around. And, you know, I appreciate you've had your ups and downs and your indiscretions, mate, Mm. but but there's a positive name around Waterfield here still to this day. And thank you very much for all the memories you've given us and and thank you for your time coming on this podcast.
1: No, thank you, Jamie and Lee. I I appreciate it. I'm glad I jumped on here and we could go down memory lane for a while. It's been good, mate. And I, I like what you're doing, mate. It's really good stuff.
0: Superb, mate. And just, just to kind of highlight your career, you played 215 games in your career, 88 of those at Trinity and 12 tries, and I'm sure a 1,000 try assists along the line as well, mate. And your heritage number, if you ever wondered, mate, is 1,308 at Trinity. So you're yeah, the 1,308th person to pull on a Trinity shirt, mate. So thank you for the memories and thank you very much for coming on our podcast, Timmy.
1: No worries. I appreciate it, boys. Thank you so much. Excellent
0: stuff. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 109 of the Wakefield Trinity Heritage Podcast. You can find us on podcasting platforms worldwide and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for real-time updates on the podcast. Massive thank you once again to my co-host, Lee Robinson, and even bigger thank you to the Wizard of Wakefield, Timmy Smith. I have been Jamie Robinson, and we will catch you all down the road.
1: Hi, it's Cammy trish Camara. You have been listening to the Trinity Heritage Podcast with Jamie and Lee Robinson. It's unbelievable.